1: Break out your swimming costume. You're in the Doom Room. (laughs) I'm Alex, and I'm doomed.
0: Uh, Here Comes (laughs) the Boom is a feature film that we all enjoy, because boom, boom, you're in the Doom Room. I'm Justin, (laughs) I'm doomed.
1: I'm Pete. And you're also doomed, and everybody is doomed because we have finally come to the Season 1 finale of Doom Patrol, Episode 15, Ezekiel Patrol. It has all come down to this as the Doom Patrol fights Mr. Nobody, uh, and then ultimately Mr. Nobody fights with them to take down a giant cockroach and a rat on Danny the Street. So it all comes together here in... A swimming manner, uh, hence the swimming costume, there you go But as we have reached the end of the season, before we even get into the nitty gritty of the episode Justin, your first time through, watching the JT full season says... What's your takeaway, how do you think this was?
0: Well, I, I like the episode, I was surprised at the end It very much mm-hmm. felt like a not season ending episode um, we didn't get a big, uh, emotional catharsis at the end. Um, you get everybody sort of back together in different sizes, um, than you, we might expect, but, um, the characters feel like they didn't change too much, um, by the end and we don't. How dare of, you? Well, just, they'd already done their changing and I, I love that, but I thought there was going to be just a big moment, a moment of revelation or... Uh, some kind of sort of exclamation point or button on the season with cliff and jane um like they she forgives him finally or uh rita makes a choice or cyborg you know really like decide like figures out greater i just thought there was going to be more of a a closing up of it um and it's that's not a big criticism because i thought it was great but i was just surprised
1: I mean, you're, over, you're bursting at the seams with anger here, so go ahead.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm,
2: as far as like a season, I had a blast. Like, yeah. oh my God, all the insane things that happened, some really hilarious, just great television moments where you're like, man, this is worth my time. This is so creative. This is so insane. Wow, this is cool. Uh, I hear what Justin is saying. It didn't give us that button of like, hey, um, which I think is great because it's like, let's, you know, in real life, we don't all fix our life problems in, in certain ways. It's what? a growing kind of thing. and no, so I wrap like,
0: most of my plot stuff up at the end of the season. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I guess. We should be in summer, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Before you go back to school. Well,
0: sweeps week, I always do something crazy. (laughs) And then. uh, Do you remember that
1: time we were trapped in the elevator and you gave birth?
0: Yeah, see, that was fun. And that was hard to orchestrate and then just, you know, sell through Mm -hmm. as an idea to my friends and family. But got him. Beautiful butt baby I had.
1: I do think some of the revelations and catharsis you're talking about do happen in smaller ways, though not for everybody. Um, For me,. The big surprise here at the end of the season, which I was reminded about, this being the second time through that I've watched this, is the swerve with Mr. Nobody leading into actual gigantic battle. Granted, it's a ridiculous battle between a cockroach and a rat, but all of these things that we were joking about in a very meta way over the course of the season, or they were at least, in terms of this isn't going to be your typical superhero show, The the details are not your typical superhero show, but the execution kind of is. And I understand the urge to make a big, flashy battle right here at the end, but and watch them come together as a team, use all of their different powers for different reasons. Um, But it does feel a little more typical than what Doom Patrol has done for the previous episodes, to the point where Mr. Nobody said... Uh, finally, we're past 13 episodes of, you know, navel-gazing, uh, yeah, introspection. But I like that better, you know? Yeah. Ooh, easy with the better. Uh, I, I, I love how Okay, even. S- I like it even. What, okay, what good. What do you want me good. to say? I feel You like things about better that.
0: and worse. Like, if we had to, like, choose who we like better on this podcast, like, we would have an answer. We yeah, no, okay. wouldn't say it. We wouldn't say it. We would just have an answer.
1: I have my top okay. three rankings. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: I so I'm glad we're talking about Mr. Nobody's voiceover because like we start with that, and it's like such a great kind of like just hearing him kind of like make fun of recaps and like uh, just kind of bring us up to what's going on is such a. I love that on on the show, and it's just such a fun way to kind of make fun of everything that's happened in a kind of interesting way. I just and you know the line where he says, "I stuffed it all up a, a donkey's butt." I mean, this is just like you know, and then he yells, "Best timeline ever!" I mean,
1: this is fun stuff.
0: They all came together.
1: Orgasm mm-hmm. shot. It's uh, he recaps it in rhyme as well, kind of like a hoedown a little bit. So that's mm-hmm. pretty fun. And he did promise in the last episode that uh, we should stay tuned for the previously on. So I agree with Pete. It was nice to see a previously on.
0: I thought that was cool, but I also think it's funny in very Mr. Nobody to like make fun of it the whole time and then mm-hmm. really overdo it, like overproduce the, the recap that he thinks is s- stupid. Um His whole thing is just putting his energy in the wrong place, it feels like.
1: Well, I think (laughs) that transitions really nicely, and and we're jumping past all the stuff with Niles, obviously, but getting into what Mr. Nobody's plan actually was, because we speculated about that a little bit in the last episode, it turns out all he wanted to do really was stick it to Niles for beating him back in the day, I guess, and getting him probably... Through a series of circumstances that Niles might not have even been aware of getting him fired for the Brotherhood of evil, so he blames him for everything, so it's this very petty, very small revenge that was blown out over decades
2: and it's also like he all all he wanted to do was like how say, how does it feel now you're a nobody and mm-hmm. you know it's like okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and I but I think in this this exchange at the top of the episode it's sort of like. Niles does deserve to feel bad for what he's done. Mr. Nobody yeah. is, you know, he's not, he's do he's inflicting his pain onto Niles, but Niles also deserves it. They're sort of the same from the same coin, but opposite sides of being like shitty to the people around them.
2: Yeah. And that was the tough thing for me about this episode was the fact of like, people were like, all right, I hate you, Niles, but I'm still going to do this a little bit, where it was like I almost feel like they left uh, let him off the hook a little too much um you know before they kind of uh you know jumped in the painting there
0: so you're talking about later when the team comes together um, mm-hmm. after think-
2: hearing chamba Wamba,
0: right, and I know that's sort of what gets you up out of the bed every morning. Well, I
2: mean, that's enough to make me want to punch somebody in the face. I'm going to find out who's playing that Jumbo wumbo, and I'm going to let
0: them have it. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Let me ask you, though. You Mm -hmm. feel like they shouldn't have done that for the sake of Danny the Street?
2: No, I think for Danny, yes. But, like, you know, let's... Slap, you know, uh, slap them around a little bit, m- m- you know, get out some frustrations, yell at him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yes, Danny is unbelievable and deserves their help and their team up. But, uh, you know, it was I, I felt like we didn't give it to Niles enough before we kind of went along.
0: You're more on the cliff side of things. You're sort of the yeah. cliff. You're our cliff.
1: Yeah. Fuck you forever, man.
0: That's a Taylor Swift lyric. Oh, yeah.
1: She said that. Well, who is that about? Jake all?
0: That's what you guess every time. Yeah. She dated I, other people. I, all of her Speaking songs. of which,
2: Alex, send me back my scarf, you asshole. I don't get that reference. That is way okay. too deep for me. <laughs> all right. Uh, Sorry, I lost you on that one.
1: No, that is okay.
0: wild that Pete is trumping Alex on a Taylor Swift reference. That I is... Mean, that Your is the, as big right? as Mister Nobody turning. Uh, how, how many
1: how many Taylor Swift conspiracy theory rads do you need to listen to on a daily basis, Pete? A lot, <laughs> <a> not zero, not right. <laughs> no comment. All right, fair enough. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about the Mister Nobody stuff, and
0: uh, uh, well, we we were talking about um, the, when the team comes together. Pete thought they should have. Punched Niles is what I guess. A couple more
1: times in the face Mm. before they. I don't know. I think emotionally shutting him down, like he talks about this thing. I think it was the conversation where he's talking to Vic and Silas, where he talks about emotion and talking, getting to people on an empathetic level is more powerful and more interesting. And I think hurting him on an empathetic level is actually getting him in a much worse place than physically attacking him, I would argue.
2: Well, I, I think that Vic's dad was right. It's like you didn't invent empathy, you fucking asshole. Like, you have this evil plan that you're just putting on people. You know, congrats on having a daughter. But, you know, like, that doesn't mean you get to do all these things to other people's lives.
0: Well, in a couple of things there. Like, Silas is, it like, a good guy, like, he's just sort of a hard-ass, but nice dude?
1: I I think my take on it remains the same from last episode, where I think there's a matter of degrees here, right? Where Niles isn't necessarily a bad guy. He's just doing bad things for a relatively good reason that ultimately is very selfish and feels trapped in these circumstances. Silas, I do think, is the same, but, like... 15 degrees less so. Wait, wait, both, wait, back up. Both, back. I can tell from your expressions. What? You agree very heavily. With <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. No, 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 the uh, opposite okay. of that. Uh Niles revealed that like, you know, um Cliff was going to get killed on the racetrack like he had this other evil plan that didn't happen. Like it seems like Niles is a uh, Playing a huge part, a lot more than we're kind of told or given credit to for people's downfall. I mean, that's
1: horrible. It was interesting to me. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I was no, I was going to go off on another topic. So go well, ahead. You said
0: me. that he was doing the right thing, just for the wrong reasons, and that turned out being selfish reasons. I don't. No, think No, I think doing I said the, the
1: opposite. Maybe he's i said. Doing it the
0: wrong thing for the right reasons.
1: Yeah, because he's trying to. They haven't really gotten into it too much, but it seems like he wants to be with his daughter, right? And his daughter is living for a very long time. He wants to figure out how to live for a very long time to protect her or potentially protect the world from her since she seems dangerous. And he That wasn't is, very clear, though. It isn't very clear. Uh, the the thing way he says that he's it, he's like, I want
2: to outlive my with daughter.
1: My, and I was like, it doesn't work like that, guy. You can't outlive your daughter. What is more selfless than wanting to watch your daughter die? <laughs> As a
0: father Just, uh, yeah, a just watch the
1: light go out of her eyes You know what I'm talking about That's <laughs> oh, like that's the moment yeah. you're like, now I'm a father
0: oh, Yeah, wow I mean, well that's what I'm saying in, The way it came across in this episode is that He is incredibly selfish And was yeah. uh, sort of ruined uh, All of the Doom Patrol's lives For the sake of him just getting to Almost greedily outlive A normal human life exactly. So that he can see his daughter more um, yeah. He literally took away Cliff's life with his daughter so that he could have the same thing. So that feels I do like- think,
1: though, there's a factor in there of whatever is going on with the Bureau of Normalcy. This is what I was going to get into is we it's very nonspecific how he caused these accidents, quote-unquote. Like right. we are told the last episode he caused them, but we don't see him like sneaking out on the racetrack and putting a line of nails no, or but- something like that. The, you know, Josh there is scientific. walking, Josh is walking <laughs> what you, with but him, the is, Wiley he coyote has a much school, bigger uh, mustache yeah. in my imagination right now. It's very, he has an replash. order
2: at the Acme rocket ship. That, no, but I think that one of the things is, it's like, Joshua's walking down the hall with him. It was great to see Joshua again. Great and they were like, Joshua. okay. Uh, We've got one, and he's like, Yeah, let's get it. Let's fuck up another life. And Josh is like, Yo, bro, I think, you know, maybe we're not doing things right here. And he's like, Who cares? And it does seem like Niles is worse than anyone's
1: giving him credit for. He's, again, we don't know this. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but we don't know the circumstances here. We don't know what he did. I think it's easy when you're in a facility. Uh, and I have a lot of experience here. In, when you're in a facility yeah. like the Bureau of Normalcy, it's mm-hmm. easy to feel remote from these people's lives that you're really messing up. And then ultimately, when he starts to live with them and do manner, that's when you see he realizes, oh, shit, what have I done? And by then, it's too late. I'm blanking on the name of the guy who takes over the Bureau of Normalcy, but him coming in and being for- like, Forsyth. I got another. Forsythe. We got another one for you. He's clearly upset and uncomfortable in the way Timothy Dalton is playing it. He's withdrawing into his body, but he feels trapped in this thing that he set up so long ago. It doesn't make anything that he did right, but he's clearly realized how wrong he was over the years.
0: But he uh, also didn't change anything about
1: it. Yeah, or try to
0: really help. So he literally just continued to lie to the people who he's celebrating New Year's with, which Mm -hmm. is a sacred trust. That you have with other people. And mm-hmm. then he's, uh, like, continuing on the pattern and on the, maybe doing
1: sort of a worse thing. Because worse. Jane. On the yeah. counterpoint, though, Larry does have some very funny glasses.
2: Yeah, I don't think they were that funny. I mean, they were laughing pretty hard at him. And it's like, you know,
1: alti has been through a lot, guys. Maybe don't point and laugh at him. I did appreciate the fact that 1977 glasses weren't trying to make the lenses part of the year. Because... Like, how does that, that work?
0: That technology yeah. came about in the early 90s, I believe. <laughs> okay. What if we made the numbers the glasses, man? Whoa. Wait, we have two
1: zeros now. <laughs> yeah. All those sevens are hard to work with, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there were, I agree to disagree, Pete. They were very large, very funny glasses. Well,
0: uh, oh, That's man. the fight we definitely need to resolve. Yeah. Here. Uh, good. We're like the Doom Patrol in therapy.
1: Uh, Well, what do you guys think, though? Was he, I I mean, I think I know what you think, but do you think he was hands-on with causing these accidents like was implied in the last episode? Yes. So he was like at the river cackling wildly and pouring some green goop in that turned Rita into Elastigirl. I mean, I don't know how much he was laughing but it
2: seemed like every accident was his fault, and he's cool with it just as long as he gets to maybe see this daughter that we haven't seen at all.
0: How, how much is a normal amount of laughing, you think? Hmm. Like, um, what, what's the evil amount of laughing? Like, a guffaw?
1: Um, I, would think I think... I, what it, oh, go ahead, Pete.
0: You I was
2: going to say, any, anything over 30 seconds or a minute uh, after the
1: joke is done is becoming evil. Mm-hmm. Also, if it gets increasingly laughter uh, louder, louder as you're going, yeah, yeah not yeah. laughter. Uh, well if the laughter I, Alex, becomes more laughter,
0: <laughs> dangerous. The laughing yes, yeah. plague. Uh, the thing with uh, with Niles is he did cause Larry's accident. He planned yes. it. So I think the input, and he seemed to know that Cliff was getting in the car accident. He just wanted him to get in a less deadly car accident. Um, I think he those two. Things make me think he did orchestrate all of those.
2: Yeah, it's enough of a, you know, regardless of how much he was laughing,
1: he did all these fucked up things, man. What about Jane, though? Because we don't have information about that. Like, what did he cause there?
0: I don't think he caused that one. That one Forsythe brought to him. was like, hey, we have someone that matches the profile. you needed a personality, a split personality. And then he didn't help her. He tried to understand the way her powers worked. Um, he put her in this school, the Josh school that like we see here, she ends up just taking a drug that turns everything off. um, Yeah. And when she's sleeping in the bus. So like crazy, see that chainsaw nun again. Mm -hmm. It was very fun to see a chainsaw nun quietly just lay down.
1: Should we talk about all the characters then we could start with Jane and what goes on with her in this episode? Um, I, I really like the place where she got to here. This is one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Justin. But I do think Cliff bringing her the cold food is this little thing, this little gesture that he's doing for her. And that ultimately she doesn't care about that. But they hear the tub thumping and she's like, you want to go fuck shit up? That's where they get that connection. Like it's not a teary-eyed emotional catharsis, but I also don't think that would make sense for these characters. Instead, they decide to just go fuck shit up and that's what they're going to do and that's what they can agree on.
0: I agree with you there and I think that that's right for the characters, but the show itself didn't let us think that. It just cut to the next scene. It wasn't a Mm -hmm. moment to really be like, ah, that's what's happening here. So that's why I just felt that it wasn't showing us that story. It was showing them sort of the ongoing nature of the story with this finale.
1: Mm. All right. Fair enough. Uh, What about Larry then? Because Larry is very much working with the negative spirit now. He is timing it, trying to uh, get it to be out of his body longer and longer periods of time before he falls unconscious. Pete, you started the season very anti-Larry. Where are you here at the end of the season?
2: Well, I'm I'm very happy with where Larry and the, uh, you know, negative spirit, as he's calling it, or light being, as I like to say, have become a little bit more of a team. And he's not, you know, putting himself in front of the light being and his selfish stuff. They're really trying to work together, which is nice. And also, like, walking to that really cool-looking lake thing. Picturesque. So the, yeah, yes. I mean, just... You know, the details that LT is now kind of uh, putting out there is great. And it's uh, it's interesting to also see them like kind of a little bit in the future where they kind of paired up where it was like LT and Rita uh, working at the acting school there. Inside the actor's studio, I think is what it's called.
0: Well, inside the shitty teen studio. Yeah. Oh, she gets man. destroyed by a
2: 13-year-old girl, which Th- 13-year-olds are rough. I mean, awful. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, that was just it's not really about Rita. I think there's something else going on in that 13-year-old's life that, you know, hopefully Rita can get to through the acting class,
1: you and know. And you're a high school guidance counselor, right, Pete? Part-time. Part-time.
0: <laughs> part-time. Well, that doesn't count as part-time if you just wander into the school and tell kids what to do.
1: I think it it does. Yeah. And you work at the Euphoria High School. Is that correct? (laughs) I do not get that reference. (laughs) 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 Barely a reference. It's all right. Um, I uh, talking about the Rita stuff. I do think this was another one that I was going to bring up that I know you said she doesn't really go through much. But like. She does here. She is, even though she's destroyed by the 13-year-old, she is trying to get back into the world. She is trying to get back involved in theater and performance and acting in some way, which is a big deal for her. I get that. And, and more than anything, working with Mr. Nobody and giving him this pep talk towards the end of the episode about, you got to yeah. take back the narration, you got to do this, I was, and really taking control of the situation, I think that's a big deal for her. I,
0: I agree I, it is, but I— my point is, I think she had done that last episode, the last two episodes. She's mm-hmm. stepped into this leadership role, so I think that's great. I love that as a role for her. Um, but I guess my biggest thing is just the the careless mustard application to the mm-hmm. sandwiches that she makes with Larry. Oh like, yeah, that was unbelievable. That was that's on Larry,
1: Larry was doing the mustard. Not Rita. that's true. That's you got to
0: stop that mustard situation and make sure it is applied. First off, more evenly. You want to get oh. to the the mustard in the middle oh. in your first bite, and then you don't get it. No, but you. when you
1: put the mustard in the middle and then you put the bread on top, it evens it out. It spreads it yeah, over. Yeah, but you don't I want mean, it let's... on the edges. He was just doing it across the bread, so you're going to get, like, mustard splooching out the sides, which is gross. I just don't ever want to hear you say that word again. I um, said splooch with a T-C-H I, at the end, not splooge with a G, uh, Pete. Either oh, way,
0: it's
2: too cl- yeah, it's too close, and I don't appreciate. Yeah, let me say, it.
0: both words aren't great to hear.
2: Uh, <laughs> but I want to also pile on this making fun of Justin for saying that Rita didn't evolve enough. I mean, Rita is so dedicated. You know, she uh, passed out drinking and then woke up and started drinking again. That kind of dedication is just glorious. I that's mean, it's called that's, a vodka
0: nap, I believe. Yeah, you, you yeah. Me
1: that. Yep. Mhm. What the only is, way to nap. speaking of drink. What is Mr. Nobody drinking? Is he drinking like blue curaçao or something like that? Uh, it
0: is the sort of only blue beverage. So, yes, mm-hmm. I think so.
1: Or maybe antifreeze? Yeah, I hope it's
2: Either not. Either one, antifreeze. he
0: has the power to drink all of those things.
2: And then later him and Rita are drinking a
1: green drink. Mm-hmm. Drink green liqueur. Well, getting to that, and I know Apple we touched Pucker. on this a little earlier, but how do you feel about how everything come to get, came together because we got Ezekiel the cockroach we got Mm -hmm. Admiral whiskers back we got beard hunter on Danny the street we have Mr. Nobody there so they're bringing a lot of these threads together do you feel like it was successful I do I do I mean I
2: even the Mr. Nobody uh talking to the roach and then being like Admiral whiskers I love that guy let's bring him back like such fun uh such a cool idea uh and and Real
0: quick, real quick on that, I loved mm -hmm. how nobody brought them together, creates the Brotherhood of Dangerous Animals, and then is later kicked out of that Brotherhood as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, Uh, very funny. He's also drinking, being like, "Ah, I can't believe I was bested by a kid. You know, that was just hysterical to hear him kind of recap what happened and how he's not kind of running things anymore. Mm
1: I mean, maybe this points to not to keep harping on this thing, but the problem is probably too strong. But the issue that you had with the episode, Justin, is that Mr. Nobody, who has been the ostensible villain since the very beginning, is defanged about 10, 15 minutes into the episode. Mm -hmm. He reaches his emotional catharsis when he tells Niles, you're a nobody. And then from there, he's just kind of coasting along and doing stuff. So a lot of the latter... I don't know, whatever it is, uh, 40 minutes or so of the episode is, is almost this postscript to everything that's got on, where it's we've finished the season, everybody has reached the point that they need to reach, and then there's more craziness to come. Does that seem about right? Or
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I love these characters. I thought this was a fun episode and the, the big superhero uh, sort of... Kaiju battle that happens here mm-hmm. They do it mm-hmm. in the most Doom Patrol way Possible where Cliff has to Run across the frenching tongues Of <sighs> these two animals uh, Which was hyper gross um, But to get inside The cockroach where they hide to protect themselves From the radiation Blast that uh, that The negative spirit causes All that stuff was was fun and just such a Doom Patrol thing I just wanted – I guess I just wanted that one scene at the end, even if it was when they were tiny on the brick, where they just were like, you know, we here's who we are. We really did this. We are a team. Or something to be like, this is the end. Because I think so many Mm -hmm. of the other episodes this season – Really buttoned everything up, and it was like, oh, this feels like a season finale. And it was just funny to me – I think I said that a couple times – that the season finale was one of the episodes that just didn't feel like a season
1: finale. Well, also because it ends with this explosion for Mr. Nobody and Beard Hunter where then they're left in the – white space of a painting trapped there, which is also left leaving that dangling, potentially, to be picked up. Uh, we also don't get to see the face of Dorothy, since I, I don't think they had cast the actress yet. So that's another oh, thing. that's, that's like why. A oh, little bit of weirdness going on there. Yeah, was, that well, was
2: weird. Th- like, this is my daughter. And I was like, well,
0: fucking let us see her then. Yeah. I thought it was going to be something, uh, a big reveal at the end, and then it was not a reveal. So I'm curious. Ooh. I'm assuming we're going to get to see the front
1: of her. Mm-hmm. In the season two. No spoilers, but yes. Front of you patrol is the <laughs> first spe- episode, right? That's a spoiler, man. Yeah, oh, sorry about that. Uh no, you only see the back of her head the entire time. I guess that's actually possible with Doom Patrol, is there's a character yep. you only see the back of their head. Uh but they yeah, did I it at that home was...
0: improvement, so it makes sense that they could do it here.
1: Yeah, that might have been a little bit of the weirdness as well, potentially. I don't know. Yeah. But like you said, super fun. The giant animal fight, super fun and gross, uh, in in all the right ways. Any other moments from the episode that you guys wanted to call out in particular? Yeah, it was it was fun to see like
2: uh, the beard guy uh, used in that way. Yeah,
1: I thought it was like a good use of the beard guy. Uh, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh. <laughs> I did like how he was bribed That was very fun of Getting yes. a bunch of vintage beards That he could yeah. eat uh, And of course that's going to be his weakness That was a, yeah. enjoyable
2: I also really liked the um, Dad Vic phone call Where he got to say that he was proud of his son I thought that was very touching
0: Some nice cyborg moments here It occurred to me mm. it was funny Cyborg's the only one with a real attack uh, in when they're like, let's have a fight, and they're like everyone like runs except for Cyborg who's blasting yeah. little laser laser boops at uh, the cocker at Ezekiel, yeah, um, which was cool.
1: Um, I appreciated the fact we kind of skipped over Cyborg a little bit, but I did appreciate all the flashback stuff there. There was his one nightmare, which was pretty horrifying, which they didn't really play on too much after that, where he was operating on himself, right, and ripping himself apart. Yeah. Um, So it feels like he's not quite done with his trauma just yet. That we'll certainly see more of that. And it
0: feels like the same thing with Jane. She hasn't solved her problems, um, and he's getting closer to sort of – k emerging but mm. i thought it was like uh there's some nice moments in there with the secretary saying you can't just hide yeah. from your problems this way like it's not that's not healing and that sort of is like the slogan maybe for this whole season um Across the board, or I guess spread you like a plague is another slogan we could
2: consider. Well, I also like the turn of like Rita using the line of like "eat me whole" and then saying it to Ezekiel. You know, the two different meetings there. It was very, it was very fun. What are what are the two different meetings there, Pete? Well, one. You know, it's more of a kind of like making out, loving kind mm. of eat me whole. And then, then the other is actual <laughs> eating you whole. Like, how, you uh,
1: how often do you, you tell your girlfriend uh, in a loving way, eat me whole? I I can't count it. You know, it's just. The is
0: that a pirate? Long. Like, eat me whole. <laughs> uh, great. Let's not dwell on this. Well, but while we're talking about it, uh, Ratatushi is, that was the working title of Ratatouille,
1: mm-hmm. uh, Right. Yeah, they they were actually halfway through production when they realized having a rat crawl up his butt and control him that way it was not fun for kids, and they moved it to his head. Right, because he now, was in the
0: in the butt controlling the penis. Right.
1: Yes, exactly. And oh. The penis was being used to stir hot soup, and they were like, "Actually, <laughs> a chef came. Sense. A chef came on set." <laughs> This to the really Pixar movie. The it was like, hey, that's actually not the how we are cooking the soup. I, I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> we got to see Vic's
2: mom in this, uh, in this episode. And it was so creepy to just to have the brain, Cliff's brain sitting there mm-hmm. as, you know, the doc is kind of like talking about it. Oh, it was just so weird to see Cliff's
1: just his brain out like that. I, I wasn't emotionally prepared for that. Yeah. Two things I wanted to call out. One, we got an establishment of how several people were staying alive for so long. They say it out loud with Rita and Larry, which is very nice to hear after we've talked about it this entire season on this podcast. Yes. And the other and it was, thing it was gratifying that yeah. that was the goal. Uh, exactly. The whole time. The, totally. That was great. That was a nice reveal there. Uh, and on the other end of the spectrum, Niles yelling, The Doll Hospital, go with no explanation. <laughs> very weird. Yeah, not uh, a lot of towns have a doll hospital Yeah, generally speaking, if somebody tells me to go to the doll hospital, I'm gonna head in the other direction Wow
0: <laughs> Get um, thee to the doll well, hospital Remind me well, never to ask you for help Am I a doll? Oh
2: uh, no I, As always, Mr. Nobody was just so uh, unbelievable, but his like running and yelling shit you know, like when we kind of like see that he's no longer charged charge was just such a funny kind of like ridiculous on top of already so many fun, ridiculous things.
0: Yeah. Very fun throughout. Uh, um, ahead, have Justin. you guys ever stared your way into a painting? Um, Numerous uh, times. Yes, with those, time. uh, those kind
2: of, what are those paintings Magic called? Eye. Magic Eye. Yeah, I was trapped Eyes. in a
0: Magic Eye puzzle for uh, several months. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm glad
2: you made it out, guy. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Cyborg says he was busting up a Bitcoin ring. Is that, does he, some sort of NFT thing? You think uh, that? Too early a, for that.
1: Too early. But maybe he caused NFTs accidentally? I, I think Ooh, so. Grid.
0: Wow. That feels like something that proves mm-hmm. Grid was evil, is that Grid invented NFTs. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a little worried
2: about Danny the Brick versus Danny the Street. I'm hoping, uh, you know, Danny will be,
1: be okay. Take back to Danny's self, but we'll Got to go grow back up. Yeah, absolutely. Bricks, bricks eventually grow up into streets, I always say. And why don't we wrap up here by talking about who we think is going to be most doomed going into season two. Justin, who's most doomed for season two?
0: Well, um, it's a tough call here because um, all the progress that our characters made – feels like they, uh, they're at a pl- the same place they were uh, for these last, say, three episodes. But I think Niles has more to answer for, and he's the one that is still going to pay some prices for the revelations that came up in these last two episodes.
1: Yeah, I was definitely going to call out Niles as most doomed, but as a close second, I'm going to give it up for Mr. Nobody and Beard Hunter because they're trapped in that painting there. So that's a pretty bad situation for them going forward. Pete, what about you? Who's most doomed going into season well, two? I was going to say Ezekiel and Mr.
2: Admiral Whiskers, um, since we think they're uh, they're dead. But I, I just <laughs> wanted to also quickly say that the uh, ending the –
1: episode with Cypress Hill was so very much enjoyable. Yes. Good times and good times from all of you listening to the first season of the podcast. If you'd like to support it, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 PM to crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about doom patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book, live on Twitter, comic book club, live.com for this podcast and many more. And now to end season one, a piece of advice from Pete LePage:
2: uh, Just because you have a daughter doesn't mean you can be an asshole.
0: Uh, I've
1: I've proven that. You know, yeah, uh, to be false. Same here. Uh, same here. Sorry, wrong wrong advice, Pete.
0: I have well, two daughters. I stand by so. it. That's why I'm a double yes. asshole.
1: Yeah, I agree.